You are listening to the Journal of Rheumatology's Editor's Picks with Dr. Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief. Hello again, this is Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Rheumatology, welcoming you to the February 2021 edition of Editor's Picks. I want to thank you that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast during the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. Please stay healthy, and we can only hope that the vaccine rollouts continue at rapid speed. Similar to last month, I will begin this month's podcast with an interview. For the month of February, the article I give is entitled, Does the One-Year Decline in Walking Speed Predict Mortality Risk Beyond Current Walking Speed in Adults with Knee Osteoarthritis? It is by master and colleagues from the Universities of Delaware, Vanderbilt University, Boston University, University of North Carolina, and Harvard University. The paper is now available on the journal's website at jroom.org for your growing pleasure. Now I'm pleased to be speaking with Dan White, who is the senior author of the paper. Dan, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to me and to our listeners about your very interesting article, an important article examining how changes in walking speed may predict mortality in people with osteoarthritis. So if we start, um, could you briefly, briefly review the design of your article and highlight the important parts? Sure, my, my pleasure. Uh, again, uh, just thanks so much for having me. It's a, uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and it's an honor to be uh, featured um, uh, again, and uh, I do want to acknowledge the first author of this paper, uh, Dr. Haral Master. Uh, she uh, put a tremendous amount of work into this paper, uh, and uh, uh, is uh, certainly I wanted to, to recognize her uh, contribution on it. Um, this paper, uh, basically, what we did was we used observational study design. Uh, we uh, took data uh, from the Osteoarthritis Initiative, which is a publicly available data set of people with or at high risk of knee osteoarthritis. And these individuals are followed uh, and measured annually. Uh, and what we did was we took a look at uh, how these individuals were walking uh, with a 20 meter uh, uh, walking speed test and looked at their walking speed uh, at, at baseline and then look at looked at their, how their walking speed changed from the previous year uh, to that baseline visit. And then over the next 11 years, we uh, looked at uh, mortality, uh, all-cause mortality uh, in those individuals. And basically what we found was uh, that those, uh, and our main question was, you know, is uh, the gait speed or walking speed taken uh, at that baseline visit, which we really wanted to emulate what a what a clinic visit would be with in front of a, a physician uh, or a health professional. Whether that provided uh, information enough information to uh, gauge what the mortality would be, uh, risk would be, or does the gait speed change over the past year add any additional information? Uh, that is the notion of changing or someone declining in their gait speed. Uh, does that better predict what one's mortality uh, would be uh, or the risk for mortality over the next 11 years? Uh, and what we found was that uh, it was the um, uh, baseline gait speed and not the change in, in uh, walking speed that was important uh, to uh, predict mortality risk. Uh, and this is a sort of 
uh, important for two reasons. Uh, the first is that uh, it confirms uh, what has been uh, sort of known in the in general aging literature and has more recently become known uh, in uh, literature for osteoarthritis. And that is that uh, walking speed or gait speed is uh, an important uh, marker of uh, future health and specifically in this case of all-cause mortality uh, for people with knee OA. Uh, and the second reason this is important is that um, that the clinical question of, you know, uh, how has someone's decline been versus how are they currently in front of you? Uh, with this paper, we believe that it's what's in front of you that's the most important uh, for their future health risk, uh, in this case, in terms of walking speed, predicting future mortality. And while there might have been some decline or some change in the past year, uh, that was less important than what was what took place at that baseline visit, again, which emulates the clinic visit uh, that uh, a provider would see with their patient. And so we thought that would be important information to, uh, to share with uh, the readership. I want to thank you for listening to my interview with Dr. Daniel White on his paper entitled, Does the One-Year Decline in Walking Speed Predict Mortality Risk Beyond Current Walking Speed in Adults with Knee Osteoarthritis? This is only, was only part of the interview. The full interview is available at our website at www.jroom.com. Now, I'd like to move along with other articles to highlight from the February edition. Next one is entitled, Ixacuzumab Improves Functioning and Health in the Treatment of Radiographic Axial Spondylitis. Week 52 results from two pivotal studies and is by Kelts and colleagues. These investigators examined the data from two multi-center randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials of Ixacuzumab an IL-17A inhibitor in the treatment of radiographic axial spondyloarthropathy. The purpose was to determine the effect of this IL-17A blockade on self-reported functioning and health as determined by the SF36 and the Z-specific ASA Health Index. Society Health Utility was assessed by the European Quality of Life five-dimension, five-levels form. At week 16, exocuzumab resulted in larger improvements of the SF36, the HI health index, and the European Quality of Life five-dimension, five-levels survey. The next article to highlight is entitled, The Pattern of Musculoskeletal Complaints in Patients with Suspected Psoriatic Arthritis and Their Correlation with Physical Examination and Ultrasound. It is by Sarabia and colleagues. These investigators want to determine the correlation of clinical and sonographic findings among patients with psoriasis and suspected psoriatic arthritis, as well as the pattern of musculoskeletal complaints. To do this, they examined 203 patients in dermatology and family medicine clinics in an urban teaching hospital in Toronto, Canada. All patients had both psoriasis and musculoskeletal pains. Of the 203 patients, 23 point 
6% were classified by rheumatologists as either PSA or possible PSA in the, or the PSA cohort, while the remaining 66.4% rheumatologists attributed the pains to non-inflammatory conditions. Patients within the PSA cohort had worse scores on both the PSA impact of disease and functional assessment of chronic therapy scales. However, there was no difference between the two groups for the presence, distribution, and duration of musculoskeletal symptoms. They found fair agreement between the rheumatologist and ultrasound examination, as well as between the rheumatologist and the patient. However, there was a low level of agreement between ultrasound and patient. In the discussion, the authors dis discussed the implications of their findings for assessing and following patients with psoriasis who have musculoskeletal symptoms, as well as the role of MSK ultrasound in following this group. The next article, the highlight is entitled Sex Differences in the Clinical Profile Among Patients with Gout, Cross-Sectional Analysis of an Observational Study, and is by Kempe and colleagues. These investigators compared the clinical characteristics and comorbidities between 161 female and 793 male newly referred patients with gout who were followed in two separate centers. Secondary aim was to explore the influence of menopausal state on differences, if there were any. On average, women were older, were more obese, had a higher serum uric acid level, more often used diuretics, but less frequently consumed alcohol. They found women also more frequently had hypertension, reduced renal function, heart failure, and type 2 diabetes. However, when they examined patients with gout with onset greater than or equal to 55 years, the differences in the core morbidities became less pronounced. However, lifestyle factors remained important in explaining differences between men and women. In the discussion of the paper, the authors put this article into perspective of the previous literature on the issue of differences between men and women with gout, and how the, uh, the results of this study may alter management differently for men and women with gout. The final article to highlight is entitled, Anthocytis-Related Arthritis, Prevalence and Complications of Associated Uveitis in Children and Adolescents from a Population-Based Nationwide Study in Germany and is by Walshide and colleagues. This is a cross-sectional study of data obtained from the National Pediatric Rheumatology Database in Germany of 3,778 patients with ERA who were seen over a 13-year period. 280, or 7.6% of these 
the ER patients developed uveitis. The investigators found that patients who developed uveitis had a younger disease onset than those who did not. Uveitis was diagnosed within two years after ERA onset in 50% of the patients who went on to develop uveitis. The uveitis was acute symptomatic in only 63% of patients and was unilateral in 83%. The majority of patients, or 46%, had one acute episode, 28% had recurrent episodes, and 25% of cases had a chronic persistent uveitis. In the discussion, the authors highlight the implications of their findings for uveitis screening schedule for patients with ERA. They also compare and contrast their findings to the findings of studies in adults with HLA-B27 associated uveitis. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and encourage you to read not only my highlighted articles, but all the articles in the February 2021 edition of the Journal of Rheumatology, either in the print edition or the online edition, which is available at www.jroom.com. Please watch the full interview I had with Dr. Daniel White on his paper entitled, Does a one-year decline in walking speed predict mortality risk beyond current walking speed in adults with knee osteoarthritis? This is available on our website as well as on YouTube. Lastly, I hope you view all the interviews on our website, including those of selected COVID-19 articles. If you have any questions or comments, on these highlighted articles, or in fact, any articles, please send them to manuscripts at jroom.com. We are particularly interested in your comments on the new format of the podcast with an interview with the senior author of one of the highlighted articles. Please listen next month to the March edition of Editor's Highlights, and please stay healthy during these very trying times. Thank you.